0: He didn't say you do this a little bit at a time he didn't say that all you do is help your children get their Bible lessons together that's not what he's saying he said you teach my words diligently you put forth an effort to teach your children my words as a matter of fact he said you do it this way you talk of them when you sit in your house when you walk by the way when you lie down and when you rise up I tell parents, if you look at this verse, it tells you some very important things about teaching your children. It tells you that the last thing your children need to hear before they go to bed is the Word of God, when you lie down. And the first thing that they need to hear upon rising the next morning is the Word of God, when you rise up. There are many opportunities that we have to instruct our children in the words of God. You bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. Write them on the doorpost of your house. You know, what I see about this is we ought, to, we ought to cause our home to be decorated with the Word of God. You know, I've walked in some teenagers' bedrooms before, and, and, and all I see are superheroes plastered all up, above, are all up on the wall there. Or I see, you know, just stacks of, of, of Harry Potter, you know, over here on this wall. Now, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with being infatuated with Harry Potter or even uh, superheroes. But where, where, you know, let's decorate our home with the Word of God. And, and we can do that in a number of ways. There are plaques, there are other things that we can post on the wall. Or, or we can just simply have the Bible opened and read in, in, a, in, in, a, in a consistent way within our homes. Now I want you to consider a couple of passages, again, from the Old Testament. Proverbs 24, and verses 3 and 4, Through wisdom a house is built. And by understanding it is established by knowledge the rooms are filled with precious and pleasant riches. Then the 127th Psalm. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward like arrows in the hand of a warrior. So are the children of one's youth. I believe all parents who love the Lord, and there's no question about that, I believe every parent wishes to have pleasant and happy homes. I think every parent wishes to be able to say with John in 3 John verse 4 of that one chapter book, you know how pleasant it is when our children walk in truth. You know, it just thrills my heart when my children walk in truth. And Paul points out some things in Ephesians chapter 5 about relationships between children. Husbands and wives and children and parents and parents and children. And then, of course, there's the raising of Jesus in Luke chapter 2 and verse 52. That's an interesting passage. Jesus was 12 years old at this time. And in Luke 2 and verse 52, it says that he increased in wisdom. That is, he got an education as far as the world is concerned. He increased in knowledge and in stature. He grew to be a man. And he and he also increased in favor with man. He wasn't a social misfit, and he increased in in favor with God. There was the spiritual relation. I tell parents, you you want to know how to all around raise your child? Look at that verse. That's all there is to it. You help them grow up physically. You help them grow up mentally. You help them grow up socially, and you help them grow up religiously. And this is the way that Jesus increased during his. Lifetime, but in order for this to happen, it's going to take training on the part of a parent. Train a child. I'm going to, I'm going to focus more upon that in just a moment, but I want to I, I just want to ask a, a question. Those of you who are parents here are soon to be or wish to be in the future. When the Bible tells about training up a child, let me ask you, what is your goal in parenting? I want to ask really four questions. What is your goal in parenting? What do you wish to accomplish as a parent? And what do you want your child to be five years from now? And what is it you want your child to be insofar as an adult? What kind of adult would you like for your child? To become Now, I don't know when's the last time you ever were questioned as to what are your parenting goals in the future. But I tell you, it's just like anything else, like teaching a class, like preaching a sermon, like working in a factory, or like working in an office, like having a profession. You've got goals. And, and, and I think sometimes we as parents don't think about the goals that we need to have in the raising of our children. But what is your goal? in raising your children? Have you thought about goals that include the word godly or kind or confident or responsible or temperate? You know, when we think about having goals, do these goals include any of that? I don't think any of us want to raise children to get involved in things of the world, break our heart. To see our, 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 our children, our teenagers, decide that they're going to use tobacco or alcohol or get in trouble with the law or stop serving God or get in a same-sex relationship or just simply live at home uh, all their lives without ever uh, getting out and being what God would intend for them to be. What are your goals? Well, i got to tell you, let's, let's, let's go back and look at this passage for just a moment. Train up a child in the way that he should go. That word train up translates the Hebrew word shanah. It literally means to put into the mouth. What this means is it means to instruct your children so as to make, not just teach, but instruct your child so as to make him or her proficient or qualified. Now back in, Deut- in Genesis chapter 14 and verse 14. When Abraham sought to rescue his nephew Lot. Now when Abram heard that his brother, that his Lot, was taken captive. He armed 318, now notice, trained as Shinnah. Same word that's used in Proverbs 22 and verse 6. He, he armed his 318 trained servants. These men were trained. In warfare, trained servants who were born in his house and went in pursuit as far as Dan. So now we get an understanding of what the word "trained" means. Now look at that passage again. Got it on the got it on the screen here. Train train up a child. Now this tells us three things. It tells us number one that there is a way that a child is to go. This goes back to the goals that we have. There's a way that a child is to go. second thing that it tells us is that it takes training in order for that child to go the way that he is to go. And the third thing it tells us is that there's going to be some long-term benefits to the training that we put forth. When he's old, he'll not depart from it. Three things, very simple things. The way a child should go I have to train that child to go the way he should go, and there will be some long-term benefits if I do the job that God intends for me to do. Well, let's talk about training just a little bit. Let me tell you, training children is kind of interesting because training children is not what we sometimes think it is. Where training children is not just telling them what they need to do. Now it would involve that, but it does not limit itself to that. Picture this. Here are a couple and their son visiting another family. And the little boy running around in the living room, and he reaches over to take hold of something that is sitting on the table. And Daddy says something to him like this. Now, now don't touch that. Now, now don't touch that. I, I told you not to touch that. You put that down. Now, you put that down right. I told I told. bring it to me. Bring it to me. Okay, you leave it there. Now, what's wrong with that picture? That father has told that child over and over and over again what he should not do. But that child paid absolutely no attention. his father. So you see, he's telling him what to do. Or he's telling him in this instance what not to do. But that child does not pay any attention and that child has not been trained. So, training children is not just telling them. We're going to come back to that. Training children also is not just teaching them what the Bible says or teaching them what they ought to do. It's not just saying the right things. Sometimes we can say the right things but we let them do otherwise. And we create an atmosphere where the child is controlling the family. Well now dad says I'm the head of this household and so I make the decisions and and, and, and little be here he's going to be subject to me. He is my son. Well, then, then the family decides that they're going to, 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 to have something for supper. And Mama says, no, we can't have that because Ralphie don't like it. Or oh, we can't, no, we can't go there. You know, that would be a nice vacation, but we can't go to, we can't vacation there because Ralphie will not have fun. He doesn't like that. So, you know, they may be teaching Ralphie all the right things to do, but what they're training him to do is control the family. They're training him to be a rebel. So they're telling him all the right things to do, and they're teaching him the things that he ought to be taught, and they're saying all the right things, but Ralphie is not being trained. Training children also is not just showing them what they need to do. Now, parental examples are important. But I've got to tell you something. Parents can set good examples but yet never train their children. I think of Samuel back in 1 Samuel chapter 8. I'm sure Samuel set an excellent example, but his sons did not walk in his ways. They turned aside after dishonest gang took bribes and perverted justice. So you can show you can you know you can show children. You set a good example, and that's important. All of these things are important: telling them, teaching them, and showing them. But that's not training a child. Training children also is not just raising them. And what I mean by that: giving them food, and giving them clothing, and giving them shelter. A lot of parents are very successful in raising children. They provide them with all the necessary things and all the niceties that life has to offer. But they failed miserably to train their children. Now, what does it mean? What does it mean when we talk about train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old he will not depart from it? You know, I've got to tell you, I believe that we understand training in every area of life with the exception of children. We understand it in whatever else we're doing. But when it comes to children, we don't seem to understand what training means. So I'm going to say some things that may be offensive, but I don't apologize for that. Because I believe that if we can understand training in certain areas, we can understand training of children. Let's take animals. Do we know what it means to train a dog? Now, I'm not saying children are dogs. I'm not saying they're pets. I'm not saying they're animals. I'm just asking the question, do we understand what it means to train a dog? To cause the dogs to be obedient. If a dog is told to sit, he sits. Does he sit because he wants to? He sits because he's you tell the dog to beg for food. Does he beg for food because he wants to or because he's trained? It's the latter. He's trained. Now, if you send your pet off to obedience school, and they come back and they are well behaved like this, and you have a well trained pet. But if your pet comes back and he's like this fellow here, he's not trained. He's not trained. We wasted our money and everything else about He's not trained. Now, let's look at it in another field. Let's look at it in the field of, uh, of work Here's a plumber. This plumber has gone through an apprenticeship. He's got his journeyman license. He's got his master's license. But every time that he sits down to fix something, it turns out like this. You know what? I wouldn't hire this guy because I don't care how much uh, is on his resume. He is not a trained plumber. He is inept. We understand that when it comes to... To animals, dogs, and, it, a, 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 and plumbers. Sue and I, back in 2016, Sue's my wife. Sue and I took a trip to the Grand Canyon. I've often wanted to go there, and just had the opportunity uh, about three years ago to go out there. And we kind of took a trip all, all, all around the West. One of the things that interested me: there's this trail out there that goes down into the Grand Canyon. It's called the Bright Angel Trail, and it goes down, and for eight miles it goes down, and finally it ends at the Colorado River. Now, you can ride a mule down that path, and you can go all the way down on the Bright Angel Trail on a mule. And sometimes you're on those mules, and and, and there's a 700-foot drop. And you know, this has been going on for years, and not one mule has ever stumbled and fell, and not one passenger, not one rider has ever been injured. And those mules are what? They're well trained. They're trained, you see. And they'll walk down that eight miles not because they want to, but because you want to. They're trained. I was in the military. And I went through what's called basic training in Fort Hood, Texas. And, and you know what? They, they took a, a, a raw recruit, a civilian, and in several weeks through intensive mental and physical training, they turned a raw recruit into a soldier. It's training. It's called training. Basic training. AIT, Advanced Individual Training. So when we look at it like that, we fully understand What it means to train a child. And that's the way or or train and that's the way we need to train children. So let me get specific now in the time that we have remaining. Let's talk about training a child. Training a child in the way that he or she should go. So let's start this now. Keep in mind it's more than just telling, it's more than just teaching. It's more than just showing. It's more than just giving them the things that they need to sustain them in this life. That is raising them. If we're going to train a child, we have to start very early to train that child, not just teaching, not just show her, not just tell them, but we have to train a child to give his or her heart to the Lord. This returns to something we were talking about the other day. We're not just telling our children, well, you need to be baptized. We're not just teaching our children, well, you need to go to church. We're training our children to to serve God with all of their hearts. We're we're, we're training them to give their hearts to the Lord. That's what we've got to train them to do. And this takes effort 24-7. We've got to put the effort into it to train that child so that everything that that child does is done from a sense of devotion to God. They see that devotion in a parent. It's not that they're just drug off the church. Well, i brought him to church all my life. I don't understand what happened. I do. I can tell you what happened. Well, I have told him what. I know. You told him what to do. But when he got to be 18 years old, he turned his back on you. I understand that. I understand that. We've got to influence children to give their hearts to Let me show you how this is done. You remember 2 Timothy 1 and verse 5 when Paul tells Timothy that he has genuine faith. That was first seen in his grandmother Lois and his mother Eunice. And I'm persuaded Paul said it's in you also. How did he get that faith? Is it something he received by osmosis? Is it something that he just, you know, you know accumulated by being in their presence? No. Listen to what Paul said in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15. He says to Timothy, he says after he complimented his genuine faith, he said to Timothy that from childhood, and that word childhood translates the Greek word rephos, and it means many, many times it means an infant. Sometimes it's even the same word that's used in talking about the infant that's in the womb of God. From childhood, Paul said to Timothy, you have known the Holy Scriptures which are able to make you wise unto salvation which is by faith in Christ Jesus. Now tell you what, this is where we've got to come down, ladies and gentlemen. We have got to start as early as we can to instill in the hearts of our children a desire to serve God, a desire to give their hearts to the Lord. And you know what, I'll give you a benchmark is to know when you're successful. When they begin to make decisions based upon God and not upon you, you have succeeded in training your child to give his heart to the Lord. Secondly, train up a child to respect your authority always. Not just tell them you're in charge. Not just show them that you're in charge, but what you're doing is training them to know that you are in charge. Let, let, let me show you something. Now, I'm going to touch upon something here. It's kind of, I, I don't know, maybe it's a little touchy. I don't know. Paul said in Ephesians 6 and verse 1, that's where we started. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. Children, obey your parents. Paul says in the Colossian letter as well, for it's right. Oh, Children, obey your parents for it's the right thing to do. How's that working out? Where where, where, where are you with this? If you say to your son or your daughter, Johnny, come in here. What does he do? If you say to your son or daughter, uh, come here, son, I want to talk to you. Come here, darling, I want to talk to you. What do they do? You know, I, I, here's where I'm going with this. If your child does not respond to you the first time that you say something, the first command that you give, that child is not trained. If your child is not trained to voice commands, that child is not trained. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to tell you, as a fellow said one time, this is back when, when the Wii games and the Xboxes and all of that were, were you know, coming out. Uh, and, and this, this guy, he, he had bought his, his daughter this, this Wii game. I think I'm, I'm right about that. And so he was wanting to train her to come every time that he talked, or every time that he called So what he said he did is he set that Wii game up, and, and, and she was sitting there in the living room or wherever it was and she was playing that game. And he would go in the other room, and he would call for his daughter. And she did not respond because she's sitting there playing this game. And so she would then be disciplined for not responding. And she would be taken off of that game for a while, and then then later he'd put her on that, and he'd do it again. And he'd call for her. And you know, after several days, it didn't make any difference what she was doing. When he called for her and she heard his voice, she got up and she went to see what her dad was doing. He trained her. He trained Well, somebody said, well, you know, that, that's a lot of work. Yes, it is a lot of work. But being a parent is a lot of work. So we need to train our children to voice commands. If they don't, Obey your command the first time you say it, then chances are they don't have any respect for your words, which is your authority. Train your child to exercise self-control at all times. Your child needs to learn never, ever, ever to throw a temper tantrum when he or she does not get his or her way we say how do I do that well train him or her to be content with the things that he has don't flood him with everything that the world has to offer teach him to be content train him to be content show him how to be content with the things that he has this is part of the training process don't flood them with it. grandparents are terrible about this Grandparents are, I, I don't know, I, I think sometimes when we start having grandchildren, we lose our minds. And, and, and we'll probably cause more problems than parents do with this. But children need to learn to, train, to exercise self-control. And don't allow them to throw a temper tantrum when they don't get their way. Scream and cry and run and holler. I, I, I tell a parent, if you cannot control a four-year-old, from having a temper tantrum, then you're not going to be able to control a 14-year-old who has a temper tantrum, or a 16-year-old, or an 18-year-old who has a temper tantrum. You can't do it. This is something that's got to go on very, very early. Train your children to be kind and considerate to others. You know, I learned a long time ago that most children will ignore anybody that includes a parent, a sibling, a grandparent, or anybody even at church. Kids will ignore anyone who does not directly affect their happiness. Ah, You know, they, their children won't speak, they won't share, they, you know, they often become belligerent because a parent has trained them to be that way. They've allowed this to go on. They may tell them the right things. They may show them the right things. They may teach them the right things, but they allow... I, I, I was in a meeting one time over in West Virginia, and, and and I walked in on Sunday morning. The meeting started on Sunday morning. I walked in. I was greeting the folks that was there, shaking hands. There was a, a girl and her mother sitting there near the back, and I guess the girl was maybe 13, 14 years old. And I spoke to the mother, and, and I looked down at the girl, and I said, Well, good morning. How, how are you? You know what her response to me was? I looked over at her mother, and her mother said, well, she, she, she's just shy. And I thought, no, she's not shy. She's rude, and she had been taught how to be rude, and she is trained in her rudeness. That's what I thought. And, and that's because children will need to be trained to be considerate and to be respectful and to be responsive. Don't tolerate. Don't tolerate rudeness for a moment. Because if you do, you're going to raise a child to be a miserable adult. Train your child to admit and to confess wrongs that they have done and even sins that they have committed, especially if it involves a brother or sister. Something happens. One child does something to another child. You stop whatever it is you're doing. You you, you get things back to normal. You get things back where they need to be. Don't let it go. If this one has wronged this one, you train this one to be apologetic, and you and, and and you know, and when the apology comes, then you accept it and you move on. And oh, by the way, if a child has done something and a parent is expecting that child to apologize and that child apologizes, then the one to whom the child apologizes should never, ever, 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 ever say, well, that's all right, honey. It's not all right. Something's been done that's wrong. But once it's confessed and admitted to, then things are back to normal, and you move on. You're training a child to accept responsibility, you're training a child to, uh, to admit when he or she has done wrong and even confess sins that may have been done. Train up a child to be helpful around the house. Do their share. You know, back in the day, we often would give children chores to do. I don't know how much that is in vogue today. But children need to have some responsibilities. As they grow older, more responsibilities need to be placed upon them. It's like someone said one time, if you want your children to keep, your, keep their feet on the ground, then put some responsibility on their shoulders. And life is not just all games and not just all fun. There's some responsibilities. woman, a few years ago, was asked by her teenage daughters if they could prepare a meal for mom on mother's day and her daughters wanted to do all of the cooking set the table and and, and just provide everything for mom on that mother's day mom said that'd be wonderful i I just love it and mom said can can i invite some other ladies over and i said oh yeah yeah invite whoever you like mom." so these girls get in the kitchen, and they work, and they prepare this meal, and Mom has invited some of her friends over, and they come in, and these girls serve the meal. And it's an excellent meal. And one of the ladies visiting asked the mother, said, How would you do that? How, how is it your teenage girls can go in there and prepare, you know, this, this, this meal? And it's a great meal. How, how do they do that? And Mom said to them, said, well, I, actually, she said, my daughters have been in the kitchen with me ever since they're old. Up the floor. They were trained. They were trained as they were growing up to prepare meals. They were trained to have some responsibilities. And they were able to do something that impressed even unbelievers. So you trained them to be helpful around the house. Train them also to serve and not just be... You know, self-serving. Serve other people. And this can start right in, in church. Teach them to take part in a local church. Train them by showing them what you do. And and it, it becomes second nature. It's over and over and over. You know what? I'll tell you the benefit to that. If, if you train a child to be a servant in a local church, and it might be just little things. It might be holding the door open for people. It might just be handing out a visitor's card to somebody. But what you're training them to do is to be a servant, and so when they go off somewhere and they're seeking a church to be a part of, when you're not around, they're going to look for a church that they can help rather than a church that's going to supply their needs. You train your children to be servants and not self-serving. And then you train them to know that there's absolutely never any in being disobedient to you. God turns upside down the way of the wicked. Psalm 146 in verse 9. What I learned from that is God never, never uh, rewards rebellious behavior. He never permits rebellious behavior to go unpunished. He turns the world upside down for the wicked. And this is the way that parents need to be with their children. God expects us to put some teeth into our discipline. Proverbs 22, verse 15, foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. But what? But the rod of correction will drive it far from him. Yes, God authorizes the spanking of children. I believe that. He doesn't authorize child abuse I don't believe he authorizes pinching. I don't believe he authorizes kicking. I don't believe he authorizes smacking someone in the mouth and causing the lips to bleed. But God does authorize spanking. And as a child grows older, parents need to recognize that children are getting older and become more creative in our disciplining of our children. It may be restricting. It may be taking something away. But I tell you what we need to do, parents. We need to be consistent in our discipline, in dealing with our children. Don't tolerate, don't tolerate rebellious behavior for a moment because you will live to regret it. Train up a child in the way that he should go, and when he's old, he will not depart from it. But there are some parental warnings that we need to think of. We'll give you two. Parental warning number one, the rod and rebuke give wisdom, but a child left to himself brings shame to his mother. Parental warning number two, a wise son makes a glad father, but a foolish son is the grief of his mother. If you don't train your children, then I think what we're doing is setting ourselves up for heartaches and for disappointment. Believe me, it's better to work now than to worry later. I thank you for the time that you have allowed me to be in your presence during this series of of meetings. And I trust that I've said some things that are beneficial. More than that, I trust that the things that I've said have been true to the Word of God. And I think it would be appropriate if we closed out our study this evening by, once again, offering the Lord's invitation to anyone here whose life may not be what God intends for it to be. If you'd like to have the prayers of the congregation, we'll pray with you and help you and encourage you in any way that we can. Maybe someone here needs to be baptized into the Lord. There's an excellent opportunity to do just that. You believe Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God? Confess that faith, repent of your sins, turn from them, and be baptized in water.